Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Allison Interviews podcast. My guest on this episode is a woman named Gail Minogue, who I have been obsessively following on YouTube for, I guess, the last couple of years. Gail Minogue is a Los Angeles-based numerologist. And I have been fascinated by numerology and the power of numbers for as long as I can remember. And it's really incredible. There's like this mystical art to numerology. And I don't know what the exact background of it is. You'll have to listen to the episode <laughs> because we discussed so many things and it, it's just too much to, to intro. But what's fascinating to me is that so much of our lives, our life path, our personality, why we came in here to earth in this particular lifetime, what karma we're working on and you know what lessons we're working on and why we are motivated to do the things that we do. So much of it is connected to our birthday, to our name that we came in with, which Gail tells me we actually impress upon our parents into their subconscious what we need our name to be in this lifetime because all of the letters of our name are actually connected to numbers and those numbers are connected to our life path, our time pinnacles, our personality type, what we came in here to learn and work on, what our challenges are going to be, what's going to come fairly easy for us. It is so fascinating. So for example, I am a life path six and during the episode, she'll explain how to find out what your different numbers are. And also, by the way, she has a book called Divine Design. So if you go to gailminogue.com or if you Google Gail Minogue and Divine Design, you can get this book and you can figure out, it, it explains everything. You can figure out what all of your numbers are and be like, oh my God, that's why this thing keeps popping up in my life. Or that's why I have this challenge. Or that's why this thing comes easy for me. Or that's why for some reason there are some years where I'm just like hitting goals like crazy. And then some years I feel like everything's moving in slow motion, right? We can all identify with these things. It all comes down to our numerology, which is connected to our karma, which is connected to our spirit and our families. And oh my God, I could go on and on and on. And I don't want to make, I know that I'm like notorious for my long intros, but this stuff is so fascinating. Okay. So yes, I'm a life path six and a life path six is very creative, very sensitive, and we are natural teachers, which I find fascinating because I am a natural teacher. That's why I love to do the podcast. And I actually think that I possibly missed my calling as a teacher or a psychologist or therapist because I really love to just kind of like teach everything that I learn. You know, Maya Angelou used to say, when you learn, teach. At our best, we are all teachers. So we're all students and we're all teachers. And the beautiful part of life is that we're all constantly learning and we're all constantly teaching. And I love that beautiful cycle. So with that being said, you can find Gail Minogue on YouTube. Just uh, type in her name, Gail Minogue. So it's G-A-I-L and then Minogue, like the singer Kylie Minogue, M-I-N-O-G-U-E. You can go to gailminogue.com. You can get her book, Divine Design, and you will learn everything about your numbers, your name, your birthday, etc., etc. You can even play with celebrities' numbers because I did that. I'll admit it. 
<laughs> After I did myself and my son and some other people in my life, I did the numerology for certain celebrities and I was like, ha ha ha, like now I understand why that person is always in the news for doing this. You know? <laughs> no. But yeah, so uh, you can follow her there and of course you can find me also on Instagram at the Allison Kugel. But of course, of course. So sit back, relax, and listen to this incredible conversation with numerologist extraordinaire, Miss Gail Minogue. Tell me how you started studying numerology in the 80s. How did that start? Well, how that started was very peculiar. I was working, I had just moved to Texas to open an office for a company here in the States. And I bought a house. And one night I just had a visitor. I mean, I, I mean, I was certainly not into any of this. And I was really doing business. That was what I was there for. And I... <laughs> I had a visitor. I guess that's the nicest way to say it because it doesn't frighten people. And it came one night. It was pretty, very unusual. And it instructed me. It was like a priestly figure. And it instructed me to study Pythagoras and Zen. And I thought, what the heck is that? I have no idea. I mean, first of all, I've heard of Zen. And, and they didn't say Pythagoras. It said Pythagoras which I found out later is the correct Greek pronunciation of it, because I kept getting corrected by a Greek man. He said, no, you're saying it right. It's not Pythagoras. So I tried to find a book on Pythagoras and Zen, and there is no such thing. They're two different subject matters. So I started studying Pythagoras and math and numbers, and there was a lot of coincidences that happened to me around that, which I found very unusual yeah, but that's what led me to it. And I, I mean, it's not something I sought out. I didn't even care about my sun sign or anything. I mean, it was just, I was totally not into that. I had just purchased a house. I had moved from California. The last thing I was going to do was go off into crystal ball kind of world. I need to ask you this. You say you had a visitor. Yeah, it was like a priestly figure. Do you mean it was a, a kind of a spiritual entity? or It was, was a it spiritual entity, Yes. Wow. In the form of a priestly figure. Yes. Okay. Was anything else explained to you except just to no, start Yeah, The only thing I was explained to do was to go study Pythagoras and Zen. And I'm like, well, but it was so shocking. It shocks you into doing something because you, this is not a, a normal occurrence in your life. And it, it shocked me into just privately inquiring about these two subject matters. And then about a year and a half later, I was invited to come back to California to work for a satellite company owned by Ford Motor Company, and they were based out of Orange County, and I really wanted to go back to California. I wasn't a big fan of Texas, and anyway, so I went back, and I realized that the territory I was going to have was so huge that I would never be home, and I had two young children, and I had two grown children and then two young children, and I just couldn't handle that really and the the driving would have been very hard and also my being gone a lot so i was staying at a friend's house in studio city and at that time i was it was agony because i really wanted to live back in california i did not want to live back in houston and mm -hmm. i had another visitor and this time it was strictly a light it was just this extreme light that's what woke me up it came at night and it woke me out of a sleep 
and the, the whole room was just, this corner was encased in this light and it spoke and it said that what I was and what I was to do. And, but it didn't say specifically go do numerology, except that I was being brought out of retirement to do specific work here. And that started. And then with that, I took it dead seriously. And that's when I started to really study and get into sacred geometry. And that the whole universe is nothing more than a numerical order of creation, everything. And how do numbers and sacred geometry relate to all? How are we connected to numbers and how is the earth connected well, to numbers? The, the numbers actually are a disguise for sounds. And the numbers are vibrational forces. So actually, if you took the number one, there's actually four sounds in that. If you say that one word, one. And numbers mask sound and letters mask numbers. So the letter A is one. Okay. Means significance. Mm -hmm. uh, the first vowel of a person's name has significance. And what you learn in numerology is significance of the name, the date of birth, not so much the time, the date of birth, and the entire birth registered name, because that name is not created at the earth. That name is created prior to our coming in. And we choose the sex will be prior to coming in. We choose the parents who are going to come in through. Now, we may not stay with them, but they're going to bring us through so that we can experience this place, which is a privilege to be here, believe it or not, because it's it's the one place you get when you come here, when you reincarnate, is emotional energy. You get to deal with emotions because you would have an opportunity here to learn emotions and free will choice. So everything has a choice to it. Do I choose to shoot the sky or am I going to, you know, walk away? Am I going to eat this banana or not? Everything has a choice. So you learn choice here and you learn to manage emotions. So everything has emotional charge. I got fired. Oh, terrible. I just got a new job. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's an emotional place and it's a free will choice. And most people don't like to choose. But if we, if we come in under a certain, I guess you would say, destiny based on yes, our date of birth, yes, you do. our name, our numbers, how does that reconcile with all of this free will? You still have free will inside of it. See, I have a destiny, okay. but I have free will. How am I going to do this? What am I going to do with this? And um, I can just not do this. I can say I won't do it. That's my but choice. If we, but if we don't do it, Will we be just rerouted like when you use your navigation? Well, when, you, when, you, when you leave here, when you leave here, you take everything you learned with you mm -hmm. and you leave here through the astral body, which is encased by the phys physical. So you have inside of this physical body, two things. You have the etheric body, which you recognize through the breath, which keeps you connected to the divine universe. And if you don't have that, you, you can't be here. And then you have the structural physical form, which is necessary to wear while you're on this heavy uh, duty earth plane. But out of this earth plane, you don't need it. You need the astral body to travel out. So once you drop the physical form through illness or sudden death or whatever you decide to do, you will then travel out, taking everything you learned and all of your senses with you. It's and what is that journey? So you travel out and you travel out to another plane of consciousness. 
This is okay. a certain plane of consciousness. There's many, 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 many planes of consciousness. A lot of people say, I'm never coming back here. And they say these goofy statements. And it's usually yeah. their personality or their ego speaking. They have not an idea. They're terrified to die. Right. Until they're well, that, very, that, very that's, that's elderly. Crazy. And then their friends have all died. And then their right. children have died. And they have a miserable, painful life they went out and that's a very different story wanting out like that yes well is is the fear of death an unfounded fear yes how so how, how so? so because so so the soul which is encased with all this stuff mm-hmm. never dies so the essence of you never dies so what mm-hmm. only is dying is the physical form that it's like it's winter i have to wear a heavy coat okay so that i put on this heavy coat once I'm going to go to a tropical area, I don't want it. I want to get rid of my heavy coat just so you get rid of it. Get so out. is it when somebody passes, no matter how they pass, and right. let's say they pass at what is perceived as an early age, okay, yes. in there as a child, teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, yes. something like that, and everybody says, oh, my God, this is so tragic. It's so sad. Yeah. Is it tragic? Is it no. sad? And what is your take on it? No, the, tra- the take is many times... Um, that's all the soul needed was to get here. And then mm-hmm. that, that infant may just last hours or minutes. Maybe that was all it needed for its soul growth. Um, it may stay 10, 20. My son died of cancer. Why did he die? He left a young child. Um, I understand why he died, but I mm-hmm. still miss him. We still long for that. But we understand um, he's busy. He's got a mm-hmm. job and it's just not here. And this plan is prepared. Okay. So when you come in, you may be only in here for 10 years, which is very hard for the parents. And particularly if you have no connection to the invisible world, you have no connection to the spiritual. You're just a very religious person, but you have no connection to the deeply spiritual purpose. That is a lonely existence here. And it's frightening when someone dies, you know, why did God do it? Well, they give God a person. You know, God used to be space-based, never man-based. And it used to be time-based in the ancients, ancient, ancient civilizations. Now it's man-based. So God punishes us, rewards us, and does these goofy things. And, you know, so we pray to God, we make sacrifices, and we do all this stuff. We say, if you'll do this, I'll do that. Really? That's not how it works. <laughs> I mean, you know, that is not, we don't bargain. We're not, it's not going to bargain. But people do bargain because once you get here, you get caught up here and you get very attached. And that's what people do. Many, many things that happen to us happen to us because sometimes from past lives we've done. Or not how can if something's happening because of a past life, is it what what people and pop culture refers to as karma? Karma is karma punished for something? No, we, we don't punish, we balance. Okay. There's a big difference. It's not a punishment. Explain, explain that subtle difference. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to punish you. You blinded me in a past life. So I'm going to create a situation. You're going to be blinded. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. is that, is that a punishment or is it a balance? So okay. it's, it's, it's a, it's a balance. But some, both people agree to that before they came. Many times, in. many times, but you understand when, when you understand here, if you can connect to the divine world and stay connected under grace, many of the things that you had karmically arranged actually come out a whole lot easier and simpler. 
instead of losing an eye, you just may get an eye infection and you don't lose the eye. And so it's really the connection and sense that you know the, the universe is neutral and it doesn't, it's not going to, it's not out to get you. <laughs> so you can actually, you can elevate yourself spiritually yes. by making a lot of the right choices in this yes. life. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then when you leave, you go to another higher level of consciousness. Yes. It's everything and, and in consciousness. This, in this higher level of consciousness, let's say you let's say you really live a spiritually elevated life. You really try to be good to other people. You try to do the right mm-hmm. things. You know right from you don't wrong. Judge. You don't judge. You don't judge. You don't judge others. That's that's a big one that I've learned in recent that's years. Huge. It's very hard to do. You know. Yeah. I, I have learned a phrase that I used a lot that is God disguised as an idiot. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's God disguised as a bad driver. You know, whatever right. it is, it's just, you know, I try to, I try to be better. <laughs> doesn't always work. <laughs> doesn't so what, always- do our, what do our surroundings visually look like when we pass on to another plane? Well, you know? I, it depends where you go. Okay. Is there an example? And all the levels of consciousness. I don't know all the levels of consciousness. I don't know that. And while I'm here, I try to focus on here. And that's what people need to do. They're here. They chose to be here to learn the earth lessons. And they try constantly to get out of here, you know, through um, drugs or whatever, or retreats where they go and they're going to go and they're going to, they're going to meditate the whole weekend. And then they come back and the other 24, they're nasty people. When somebody makes a decision to take their own life, like it, it was just in the news, the gentleman from the Ellen DeGeneres show, the DJ, mm-hmm. DJ Twitch, he just mm-hmm. took his own life and he left a wife and three kids. And people are very bewildered because here he's somebody who seemed to always be smiling and dancing. And yeah, I, I think that it's very distressing for people because you expect that somebody who would do something like that would be very down all the time and they wouldn't crack a smile. And so what is that about? And why are there some people that just can't finish the journey? They just can't do it. They just got to get out of here. Some people are very sensitive souls. Okay. And hard to adjust to the earth plane. Okay. No matter how three kids, wonderful housewife, you know, they looked like they had everything going. That was the that was the charade, you know, that was the charade they played. And they really were suffering. One of the things you want to realize that all humans suffer, all humans suffer. Everybody's suffering here. The wealthy, you know, Branson, Elon Musk, they all suffer. There's just a degree. Why do we suffer? Like, why is earthly life? Why is we become very attached here? We forgot. We forgot who we were, what we were, and that we were part of a whole. And once we became individualized, it's a very painful, lonely existence. And Americans have it more so than they have it worse than a lot of other countries because the depression here is very high. We've devoted ourselves to being a country of individuals. Save yourself, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. So that's what we do. So the kids leave the household and the family falls apart. And the cousins go somewhere and the children go somewhere and the elderly are left alone. So we have this huge element of elderly with no elder care. 
what societies or what what cultures would you say have it right in that respect? Well, the indigenous cultures have it. It takes a family to it takes a village to raise a family or a child, or it does. It takes, in fact, if you go back in time to many, many early civilizations, you would find that someone bore the child and then the rest of the people of the village took care of it. Yes. Can you, you know imagine what? that here? Can you imagine? I'm going to take people think that child. that concept is crazy here. And I've right. had this conversation with people. Right. You mentioned that a typical life blueprint is what did you say? 120 years. And that yes. 60 is actually middle age. Middle age. Yes. We should okay. never retire. Look at all the problems it creates. Most people would say, you know, are you nuts? At 60, I have this health problem and that health yeah. problem. And yeah. most of my friends are, are dying off by 80. And so are you actually saying that our bodies are meant to exist yes. here for 120 years? Yes. yes, they were. They were. You were given a fine racehorse and you mis you misguided it and you didn't respect it. And you ate the wrong things and you did the activities by time of 50, you're burned out because you you know, you ran triathlons, which the body is not meant to do. You jumped out of airplanes. You did, you did dumb things. You didn't respect your body. You took it for granted. My looking at the Vedic and looking at the heavenly stars, the Vedic astrologies. I also look at Vedic astrology because Vedic astrology is like the rooms of the house. Numerology sets up the plan and the structure in the house and the mm -hmm. rooms in that house uh, to do with your astrology and that you can move the furniture all around. And so in Vedic astrology, I have this great seven-year run till I think 87 and get going. And so that's what I'm doing. Meaning when you say you have a good run until 87. What yeah, I mean, seven? these are very intense, successful years. So use them. Okay. And so, you know, and people think at 87, you're going to be, you know, with a tube or a walker or something. And someone said to me one day, I was up in Ventura and I was just walking by all these shops and somebody said, what, why are you walking like that? And I'm like, like what? Well, I was at walking normal. That was the problem. Why wasn't I walking weird? And why wasn't I walking infirmed? Because that's what you expect someone in their eighties to do. So you right. get what you expect when people have neglected themselves. So now they're trying to take better care, but now they're seventies and eighties. They've already neglected themselves. So they're going to usually, yeah. they're going to check out in their eighties usually. Right. Usually. That, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That seems to be the, the norm when I say the yeah. norm. So they, if you tell people, oh, you're just, you're only in midlife, think you, you're insane because they're looking forward to retirement because they didn't like their jobs for 30 years, you know, but they stayed with them because it was safe and secure. They depended upon the man-made world for everything. And which is unfortunate because you can't do that. Well, it, can you unpack that a little bit? So depending upon the man-made world, explain yeah. that, what you mean by that. Well, the man-made world is man-made rules, which are constantly changing. You know, now we've got inflation and, and we have all these other financial obstacles and we have, everybody's afraid of a recession and we can't get enough workers. This is the man-made world and it's the world of competition and it's exhausting. Right. But how does one not feel frightened by that? when that's They have their, to develop their, their, their true selves, which is their spiritual life and their spiritual existence and that's where they're going home to what about the money aspect of all of our lives the, the yeah, role that you have plays. to start working on the creative level versus the competitive level okay. creative level means you work with the invisible world and you learn how to manifest 
and you expect divine assistance and you develop the faith that no matter what this stuff looks like, your ship is coming in, but you, you just don't know the day and the time. So you doubt it. Okay. But you, so you completely depend upon the man-made world for everything. And unfortunately, you can't do that because you're, you're in this world, but you're not of it. Okay. If you only knew that you were not of it, you would, you would start to devote more of your energy, time and money to of it rather than in it, you know, so that you really develop that closeness, that expectation of divine assistance, the clarity to know what you want. Everybody focuses here on how. Everybody focuses on how. How am I going to do that? How am I not going to do that? And if you say to somebody, why don't you do that? Oh, no, I don't, you know, that's I'm too late. I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, okay, then, then you won't get it. But if you right. could be clear and, and let the universe know what exactly you want, then go to work for you, but you don't know what you want. That's mainly the problem. People don't know. So what let's say want. somebody, somebody really gets in touch with themselves. They know what they want. They are just, they say, but but that's impossible. You know, that, that's well, then, then that's what they just said. Yeah. So how, how do you overcome? They have to develop their faith. They don't have any faith just because I said something isn't going to make it true. Right. You know, I have to have that faith that it is true. No matter what this world, what is going on, I may have two nickels to rub together, but if I'm, my intention is to be very wealthy, then that's what I put my thoughts and my thinking and my behavior in. So do you just focus all of your energy on being wealthy? You're not, you don't concern yourself with the how, the how will, will be You don't concern you. with yourself how. You mm -hmm. stop focusing on how. Everybody's concentrated on how, and they can't figure it out. And they wear themselves out, and they don't have the faith. They don't develop faith. They go to church, or they go to temple, and they say all the right words and the rituals, and they have no faith. You listen to them, and you know. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is when I was pregnant and about to give birth to my son, we're of the Jewish faith. And my mother did not want me to set up the baby's nursery before I gave birth, because she said in the Jewish faith, oh, we don't set up the nursery because what if there's that's a problem right. with the baby? And superstition. I said, well, that's superstition. I said that you're talking about Judaism and then you're talking about superstition and they contradict one another. That doesn't make any sense. So I set up the nursery. And I just assumed that the baby would be fine. And the baby was fine. I always found that strange that some of the most devout religious people are also some of the most superstitious people, which is rooted right. in fear. Right. Right. And so they have the wedge, wedge of doubt within their mind. So they're not faithful servants. Okay. I mean, clean up the church and do volunteer work, but they're not faithful servants because faithful servants is faith period. And, and most I'll, people are live in fear. Like, like your mother, yeah. they live, they live in fear. They, and they get rewards for being who, who has the most fear today, you know? So yeah. let's talk the year 2023, which, which yeah. is fast approaching. Cause I know you also talk about years to come and, and, and what, what's going on. What are your thoughts on the year 2023? What do you think we have in store for us? Difficult year. We're going to be going into the planet. Saturn is going to be going into the sign of Aquarius starting in 2024. And um, all bets are off. It's been the sign of Capricorn, which was government and business in bed for 16 years. And that's ending. And it ends in 2024. Well, and I think people will be happy to hear that. That's yeah. Ending. So it'll be government and people. But it's going to be getting some people out of office. Pay attention to the signs and symbols. You have a, 
you have the first generation Z in, in Congress now, the 25-year-old guy from Florida, right. Frost. And pay attention to Z and millennials who will be replacing these people and getting them out. Is history repeating itself in a way in where that the first half of the 20th century was really brutal? And then the second half of the 20th century was more like coasting. I mean, is it is the 21st century going to follow that? That trend or the first I don't know what well first of all, we're gonna have a lot of scientific breakthroughs beginning in the 2030s. A lot of medical breakthroughs and a lot of scientific breakthroughs. So I'm very bullish on where we're going to go. We just have to get through the 20s, which are not easy. And the other thing too is once Pluto goes into Aquarius, you're going to see a lot more advanced on all the scientific. You already are seeing it with the ability to for the fusion, that's one of the first things that has got big news in the paper that we've been able to create nuclear fusion for the first time. And that's just the start of what we're going to see, replacing fossil fuel in 20 years. In 20 years. Yeah, okay. it, it'll be, it'll be, mm-mm, we won't be using it. So how do we each break down our own birthday numerically to figure out what our Oh, it's easy. Are? All you have to do is... To get your life path, which is the major road you're on, take your entire date of birth and reduce it to a single digit. That's all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you my birthday. Okay. Can you reduce it to a single digit? Yeah. Okay. So my birthday is September 12th, 1974. Okay. How do we pair that down? Add the nine to the 12 to the one, nine, seven, four. So nine and 12 and one, nine is 10. Mm-hmm. And seven is 17 and four is 21. So one, nine, seven, four is 21. So I'm going to add nine and 12 and 21. And I'm getting a grand total of 42, which I reduced four and two is six. So you have a six life path. So all I did was total your entire date of birth, reduce it to a single digit and you are a six life path. So you're always going to be in the life path, what I call the mother Teresa of the world helping, fixing people, social services, <laughs> food, nutrition, which is that's a form of nurturing others and very responsible and very much involved also in the arts, you know, creative arts. You Interesting. Know. Okay. But your work is all about service, the arts, and um, be careful that you don't enable people because you don't, if you're not needed, you don't like it. You need to be needed. Mm, very true. And you need to be really appreciated. So if they don't need you, like you give somebody advice and they don't need it or they don't want it, it's like, ooh, that is not good. <laughs> right. Okay. You, know, you get angry. You're like, oh, my, my, my advice is so good. So, but you've come in, in, into this life. You don't value your knowledge enough. Or somebody, uh, it's showing in 1974 that you came in with a situation where you were, somebody undermined you either your parents or your siblings, like you weren't as much confidence. Like if you came home with an A minus, how come you didn't get an A? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And um, so you would mm-hmm. see, am I really that competent to do that, right. to do this? And this would be a lifelong issue for you to overcome because it's coming in from prior life, but it makes it painful because nobody wants to think that they were undermined or that they weren't that competent or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not true, number one, but if you hear it enough when you're little, 
you begin to believe it. So, so you get all of that from the life path number and from yeah, the year from the of date birth. of birth. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you're born on a 12 day. So you're really creative. One and a two is a three. And so that's a very creative number. So it's not surprising you want to do podcasts because you like to be able to be creative and also be of service. Yeah. I like to facilitate teaching and sharing. Te- you know, you're the perfect counselor. Teaching, healing, <laughs> sharing, counseling, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's well, the six. And they also have a musical quality about them too, and a food quality about them. So a lot of sixes go into the restaurant business. And a lot of sixes have causes, like save the whales, or save the children, or, you know, it, mercy and justice. Justice is extremely important to you. Oh, justice is huge. Justice I, I go, huge. I go. So I'm surprised there isn't some cause, it, it, you know, that you don't latch on to it sometime. Because sixes yeah. always usually have a cause. That's um, people born on a six day or a six life path. Yeah. And you have wow. a six life path. So you pick your, your cause. What is okay. mine? I'm a five. So mine is more like an agent of change. So I do change. I, I'm, I'm always moving or I'm, I, it's not that I want to move, but circumstances that I'm always moving. So I move things along and I'm also a person who brings change to situations. People who are agents of change are the catalysts for changes of society, like Abraham Lincoln, like Hitler, like me. Oh, Lord. oh yeah. they were all fives? All fives. So you can use it for good and you can you, use, you it, use for it for evil. evil. Absolutely. Yeah. And so fives are agents of change. Are you able to, when two people are running for president, yeah. You've got the nominee on the, the Democratic Party, the Republican Party. Hopefully that won't go on forever because I know you said parties are going to eventually. Well, uh, people are going to have more power than the party. Yeah. But in the interim, do you run the numbers of the presidential candidates? Always. And I usually write a blog about them. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Uh, and every you, candidate. Yeah. Are you able to predict with pretty good accuracy who's going to ultimately win? the general election or you're just, I can just tell you about the people who have been picked to win the general election. And you can see if there's transits going on in their chart, because letters are always moving around. Planets are always moving around that will it fall? How will it fall for that candidate? I can tell you already about a couple of candidates that they're probably going to be out there, but they're not good candidates. Like who? Like DeSantis. Okay. He's, he's got too many to... karmic issues in his name. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Will that create blocks on his road to try to be president? Well, it create it'll create problems in his personality and how he's his view of life and how he will behave. How is karma attached to a name? Well, karma is coming in from prior lives. It's issues that you are out of balance with. So you're going okay. to be it's going to show up in this life. But how does it, how are you able to interpret it through somebody's name? Well, you just see it. It's a missing letter. See, if you don't have any F or O or X in your name, okay? okay. So that's all, they're all sixes. The letter F is a six, the letter O is 15, and X is 24. So they're forms of sixes. If you don't have any form of six, you're missing that number. That's a karmic issue for you. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. So usually people are missing at least one. I don't have any, so I'm very grateful. 
I mean, I deal with other things, but I don't have to deal with a missing number in my name. Wow. When you don't have a number there, that's a karmic issue that for that person that they have to work on in this life. And they never don't even realize it. So they may have, they may be trying their, say they're missing the number eight. They don't have any H or Q or Z in their name. So they make their life path number, the number eight, because they're trying to learn it in this life. But if you look at their name, there's no H or Q or Z there. So they don't have the backing in there. So they may be overzealous or making money about everything, about making money or making success or being the boss, but they don't have the background for it. It's not in their name. It's going to keep tripping them up. They, you know, they may get into the wrong investment or they, mm-hmm. or they just are not good bosses. If this numerology is so fundamental to our lives, how come we are not infused with this knowledge? How come you know this because you studied it, but 99% of the population walking around doesn't? I don't know. I would never have done it if had not somebody visited me. You know, I had a man show up for a class one time. I was at a bookstore in San Rafael, California. And I mean, I had a note from this man. He said, I'm now retired. I wish I had learned this back in kindergarten. And it's true, but parents don't know it. So yeah. I don't, is that my job? Should I be out there? Well, I hope I can. Well, start. you are out there. Yeah, I'm going to start in February. I've not taught it on Zoom at all, but they can reach no. me, gailmanoak.com. Gailmanoak.com. What I would say is, you know, people will know and if they want to learn it. And I really think that's part of my work is to continue to teach this to people. First of all, they don't even know they have it. Well, how do you study it? How do you, are there books or there, how do you learn if you, if someone. Yeah, I have, I have a book. I mean, that's, you might as well toot my own horn. I have a book for basics. It's called divine design, how you created the life you were living. You can buy it on my website. And it tells you the basics of numerology. Yeah. Basics of numerology. You need to learn the basics and people think, well, I I have a nine or I'm a six or I'm no, you're not. You you have a personality number you have a soul number. And you have a destiny number and your destiny number needs to work in cahoots with your life path. So it's okay. like, okay, I'm on route 405, which is a big freeway out here. Yeah. Okay, that's my life path, 405. Okay. <laughs> where am I going? Good luck I'm with having, that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was on it yesterday and all I did was sit in traffic. It's that way all the time. So it's not like a big deal anyway. But the thing about it is it has to be taking you somewhere. Where are you going with it? And that's the destiny of the full name, the full name. You can work out the equations in your book. It teaches you how yes, to find yes. all your different numbers. Yes, yes. Okay. And your oh, license so plate number. And your license plate number is very important. You know, people say, well, I didn't pick it. DMV picked it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's unconscious. It was picked for you. So it shows the world how you'd like to be seen. That's what a license plate does. You have to add up all the letters and numbers and see what it reduces to. And that's how you want the world to see you. You could be the biggest jerk, but you want to, you want the world to see you as brilliant. And you're mm-hmm. going to get a license plate that will say, I'm a brilliant person. So you're a saying it's not an accident. nothing is a coincidence. No, from- no. everything okay. seems like a coincidence. My son, after he died, he showed up at a friend's apartment at lunchtime. And this is a friend who never met him, seen him, and an older man, and called me because I was very, very sick. And I just got in the doctor's office Monday morning. I just sat down, the phone ring, and you can't make 
you can't use your cell phone in the office there. So I said, I can't talk to you. And the man, all he said to me is, are you all right? And I said, no, I'm not. I'm going to see the doctor and I can't talk to you, but I'll call you back. And he said, I just want to tell you, your son was here. I'm like, I said, what? And my son was there in the middle of the day, standing in his kitchen. He had never met him. And he said, he's worried about you. He said, I know you're a friend of my mom's. Would you please call her and see if she's all right? Wow. How old was he when he transitioned? How old he was, was he? 50 when he died. He had it for about a year and a half. And so I called my friend back because I couldn't talk, but I was stunned. And I said, could you please repeat to me? I was at the pharmacy and tell me exactly what he said. And he said again, he said, he's real. He was real. He was standing right there. And I said, okay. And he said, he said, I know you're a friend of my mother's. Would you please call her and see if she's all right? And he said, are you all right? I said, no, I've just got diagnosed with pneumonia and I have to get a, pharma, a prescription. And he said, well, he's very worried about you. And that's why he asked me to call you. And he said to tell you and to tell you twice that he's not at the cemetery. Yeah. And so and not, he, it's, right. Yeah. So don't bother to go there. Right. And don't bother. Don't bother. And which was very kind. And he was shocked. My friend was shocked because he had never had experience like that in his life. And he said he was real. And I said, well, what did he look like? And he described him to a T. So how is that a coincidence? You know, it is nothing here is a coincidence. I hear, okay. I think of sound. And next thing I know, it's on the, it's on the radio. Or I think of somebody and I hear from them. Right. You know, it's like, I look at the, I think I'll buy a red car. And all of a sudden I see all these red cars on the freeway. I never noticed them before. Is it that they're just coming into our field of consciousness or the universe is putting them in our paths? If you see how this stuff works, that everything is just like a cosmic clay. I mean, there is no God in the sky that we pray to. It's, it's basically a creative universe that is constantly creating bugs, cars, Teslas, you know, eyeglasses, whatever. And it is a thought that goes into that clay and creates whatever it is. So if it's a piece of music, it's a piece of music. And who knows what's working from the other side? How did he show up? My friend was not thinking of my son. He'd never even met him. How did he show up? Interesting. Are people who are put in the public eye, right? Whether they're entertainers, artists, musicians, politicians, whoever they are, are they being used by the universe as catalysts to help to get messages out or help to change or transform the world? Why is a person put in the spotlight, a particular person? For various reasons. Sometimes it's from prior lives where they always wanted to be and they couldn't. And they really put that out so that another life, I can do that and be that. And that's one reason some people will deliver a message for us in writing or in art form. <clears throat> we teach through entertainment. We teach through entertainment. And mm -hmm. a lot of messages come through creative people first so that it gets watered down to us because if we couldn't take it directly. If somebody showed up in your house, you'd probably faint or scream. And so what we do is we make a movie of it and we entertain ourselves. Like remember the movie Cocoon and they yes. had these light bodies. Well, imagine if you saw a light buddy running around your bathtub. I mean, right. you run out the house and you call 911 and it's nuts. And so they entertain us first. So the comic book strips and the movies 
our big catalyst to bring us information, water it down so we can accept it here. We can begin to accept it. That's why you see a movie like Emancipation. Nobody wants to talk about it. Cancel culture and woke and all this crap. And basically, we don't want to go over our nasty, (laughs) our nasty history where we were pretty brutal. We knocked Mm -hmm. off slaves, indigenous people. And this movie is about a slave's life and it's brutal. And it is a fascinating film of survival. And it's a movie, it's based on a true story. You even see the picture of the guy who was it taken from. And, you know, we are looking at that to teach us something. You're so right. The arts help us to easily digest and accept information Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't be able to if it was just in our everyday lives. Oh my God. We couldn't take it directly. So it's watered down. So they get the creative ideas first. Mm-hmm. And then it's watered down to bring to us the masses. Oh my God. Yeah. That that makes so much sense. That mm-hmm. was like a huge aha moment. Wow. Okay. So people can find you at galminogue.com and right. the book is Divine Design. How you created the life you are living. How you created the life you're living. You, you can learn it. the basics of numerology and yeah. how it applies to your life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can get the book from the website. Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. Will it help people to understand how all the people, like, even if you are like, I'm 48, for example, like, yeah. will it help me kind of retrace my steps and say, oh, that's why these things happen yeah. the way yeah. they did. You could go back and forward and you understand about the soul cycles, which we didn't even tap that happened every seventh birthday, starting oh, yes. at seven. Let's, let's, let's talk about the that. seven soul cycle. The soul is on a journey here. And it's going to last umpteen years, okay? And then it downloads every seventh birthday, everything it learned prior to seven. So at zero to seven, the the body is just getting here and getting used to this family of origin. And it's seven years. And then seven to eight is called a soul year. And then at age eight, it goes out, seven to eight, it goes out to the masses and starts to make up its own mind. It joins Cub Scouts and Little League and, 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 you know, T-ball and what have you. And then at 14 to 15, it starts to work on a different aspect. So from eight, okay, the mind is at work. So first the body, then the mind, then the emotions. And they go from 15 to 21. What's interesting about this, it kicks off at 14. And the soul year is one year. This is when you have the most shootings by males, 14 to 21. And the transition year for the next soul cycle is 21 to 22. So heavy duty, this is all emotions. So first the body, then the mind, then emotions. So you see a lot of emotional, all the glands are working and you see a lot of problems with this age group from drugs to AR-15s to all this stuff. Nobody's working with this group to understand what's really going on at a soul level. Nobody talks of this, that from this age group, This is all emotional stuff and it's affected by the glands that are moving in and moving out. Some of them are too hard and nobody's paying attention to glands and nobody's paying attention to the soul cycle, which deals with the emotions. So you have a lot of problems with drugs and with violence, school violence, going to the bar and shooting the place up. Look at the ages of these people. Almost the group of them is before 22. And you said that at, 49, which is the seventh soul cycle, seventh soul cycle. Mm-hmm. That is it's when you free yourself from 49 to 50 is the mm-hmm. soul cycle that begins the freeing of yourself from your shoulds. 
And you've also said that childhood goes until the age of 30? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you take four cycles. It takes the mind, the body, the emotions, then the integration of that. That's all of 28 years. And then it takes two years to transition out. So you start your adult life at that time. And okay. then you start to not stay out at night at the bars and you start to, you know, I got to buy a house and you got it. So I don't want to sleep on the couch and I don't want to have to sleep with my parents and I want to have a, you know, whatever you grow out of that. And, and so it's very different than, shall we say, life after 50 and before 50. Because you, you're going to say, well, my parents said I should be a banker, but I really wanted to be, you know, I want to be a scientist and I'm going to go off and learn science. You know, I'm going to do what I want to do finally. And so they free themselves from all the shoulds that they bought into in this life. So that can actually be a very liberating. Yes, it can be. Yeah. So that's 10 years of the number five from 50 to 59 that, you know, it's, it's start over. What do I want to do? And, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people do, and they have, they call it midlife crisis, but really is, is there's your real work and then Mm -hmm. there's your true work. There's your right work, then there's your true work. So people people don't do what their true work is. A lot of times they don't even figure it out. And then when they figure it out, it's too late. They're on the the back end, they're going out. What do you think Generation Z is going to bring to the world? They're fed up with this, what we've done. They're fed up. And they were raised with schools being shot at. They're going to start changing a lot. They're just not a group yet that can do anything. The millennials will get there before they do. And the millennials are very interested in saving the planet. And right now you have generation, uh, the silent generation and the baby boomers that all they're interested is is really controlling the, the, the goods and services here. And having dominion over them, and they've had that for a few hundred years, and they're they're going off the stage, and you're going to have you're going to have the millennials and Generation Z replace yeah. them, and that's your hope for the future. Yeah, I have faith. I really it, do. Keep that faith because that's what's going to save the loudmouths and the and the miners. Uh, they're heard right now, but people are going to get very tired of them. And one of the things that you will learn, but we don't have time to go over it on this recording, is mm-hmm. that. The first letter and the first vowel and the last letter of your first name are the most important letters of your name. The first letter, the okay. first vowel and right. the last letter of your first name tells a lot about the person. So if you just know the name of a person, right? Well, just, the you first, know, their name the is Barbara. Letter, what if the first letter is the first vowel, like me, Allison? So That's it's the first letter and the first vowel is A. The first vowel is the same. Okay. Yeah. And you're going to tell a lot about that person. I mean, a hard worker, but don't get the credit. That's you. Okay. Huh? Yes. 100%. You know, it's like, this is old. I'm getting tired of doing it all. Nobody even knows I I emptied all those ashtrays and they all went to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Story of my life. Right. (laughs) And I'll get the credit. So you're going to have to make sure you get the credit because they're not going to give it to you easily. Interesting. Okay. Right. And then you have, did you have double L's in your name? Yes. So there's writing ability from prior lives. The writing ability has always been like breathing. It's always been as natural it's, as breathing. It's natural because you're bringing it in from prior lives. See, the name shows you all the talent you have from past lives. Wow. 
It's and all can, there. Can people also learn about this in your book? Yes. Okay, I want people to be able to really apply this to their own lives. So I'm, I'm they very should. excited. Please, please okay. stop living the life that you're just lost in the weeds. Because you're not. Yeah. How did I land here? This must be God's best idea because it's not mine. I didn't want this. You know, right. But I get here. It's like, well, look. And then I start looking at the choices I made back 10 years ago. And I'm like, now I know how I got here. Crap. Yeah. I chose this myself. That's awful. And I think, yeah. you know, you think a decision you made today, it ripples into the future years from now. Absolutely. And you have to be able to ride that win and go back and see when you made choices that now is playing, continues to play out. And here's what you get now. And you think everything is going to stay the same, but you go back just two years ago, three years ago, nothing is the same. Everything's changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to keep changing because once you are now in the age of Aquarius, which began a couple hundred years ago, but it lasts like 2,200 years. And once you do a new age like this, this gets stronger and stronger as you go. So you have in the age of Aquarius, unlike the prior age of Pisces, which the tool was fear, this is of enlightenment to become enlightened. And the tools used for fear were religions during the Piscean age. So you had Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, Islam, all at the same time. You had modern rabbinical Judaism, not the ancient Israelite. You had mm-hmm. modern rabbinical Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and Zen or Buddhism. Come in all at the same time. All the tools to teach fear and to organize you and to try to develop one God or one source. And mm-hmm. that period's over. And so now you have a period of enlightenment and rational thinking and all of that. And you still have these people who are hanging on to this old Piscean religious, evangelical, or orthodox, extreme orthodox in Israel, whatever they're going to hang on to that old, old stuff of the prior age. And now we're in the age of Aquarius. Yes. But we're in a very dangerous age because we're going to have a lot of technology that is out driving our headlights because it's going to be so advanced. We're not ready for it. Wow. That's what makes it dangerous in the wrong hands. The whole purpose of this whole purpose of this country mm-hmm. was to learn assimilation so that we could really? teach it to the world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is that the spiritual purpose? And the spiritual of the purpose States? of this country and the formation of this country was to learn assimilation. And then assimilation, meaning many cultures, many, yeah, many, many cultures, people many people learn assimilation and then take assimilation to the rest of the world. Really? That was our job. Do you so, think we're doing a good job? No, we're not doing a good job, but we're doing a better job than most countries. Right. We, we're Right now we're at a real cornerstone. Are we going to do this job or not going to do this job? I've been hearing a lot of, I don't want to call them conspiracy theories, but I've been hearing a lot of things online that at some point in the next decade or two decades, we're going to discover that we're able to engage in time travel. Is that nonsense? What do you mean by time travel? You know, I don't know exactly what I mean. I I don't know if it's possible to go back in time, go forward in time, if time is that malleable or if it's not. Well, uh, time here is, we use time here because it's a practical thing to use, but outside of here, it's not. We don't use it. Right. Well, you mean in other realms of existence, we don't use it. Other consciousness. 
other other forms of consciousness. Consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. That but, there, time, but there's no way on time in, in consciousness because consciousness is consciousness. Right. But see, humans try to pigeonhole everything. They try to give it time travel. Let's go back in time. Let's go forward in time. Let's, you know, instead of let's go forward in consciousness, let's, what they don't even know what consciousness means. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, somebody's either dead or they're still alive, but they don't speak and they're asleep. They're conscious or not conscious or they're unconscious. But that's not what I'm talking about, consciousness. You know, your, your presence procedure when you walk in a room, you could tell the kind of the consciousness of the person, you know. Right. That's an interesting take on it. So maybe maybe consciousness will become more malleable. Maybe we'll consciousness be to, should be much more valuable than the than the rest of the stuff. But mal- malleable too. We could we could go back in consciousness. We could go forward in consciousness. We could maybe could even go, once you reach a certain level of consciousness, you move to another level of consciousness. Right. See, there's several levels right here. This place doesn't even speak about consciousness. Because too hooked on to the house and the car and the and the baseball game, right? Interesting. Interesting, Gail. You're blowing my mind. It's here. so <laughs> stuck on stuff here. You know what I mean? I mean, it is so stuck on stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I go. I go to a sci-fi game. I'm a Dodger fan. I love the Dodgers. I love to go to the Dodger game, and I love the hot dogs. And I love the whole thing and all 50 some thousand people are screaming and it's a blast and it's packed and you walk off and you're just packed in the parking lot. It's full of, you know, it's full of um, steps. You have to walk, 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 walk. And, um, and I love it. And then, and I love my cup of coffee and yet you have to give all that. And that's just while you're here. That's just amusing things here. That's, that's all, it's, it's all it is. It's just, as long as you can balance it out and know that this is not the real thing, that this is okay, you know. So you have to see a, be a bridge. You have to be, learn to be a bridge between the spiritual world and the material world. Okay. While fully embracing the material experience. Cultivate that, being the bridge between the spiritual and material world. So part of my job, I feel, is to go into the spiritual world and bring spiritual information practical in the material world. But we always have to know we have to give up the material world. And we don't want to give it up because then we're going to leave our friends and our family. And what are they going to do? And I don't know where I'm going. It's dark. (laughs) So that's kind of how it works. You know, I have to do my part. I have to do my part. Yeah. Faith without what deed is dead. And so you have to pray and move your feet. That's true. You have to do, you know, so I'll do, I'm doing a Zoom program this Saturday for an hour and a half on all the stuff. And I'm going to go through the personal years for everybody. So each person knows what personal year they're going into on 2023, because each person is in a different year. And then what people do is they always order the audio afterwards. And I'm going to be talking about a lot of stuff of what's the 20s going to be like. Thank you, Gail Minogue, so so much. Thank you for having me. Let's let this go far into the universe. Yes, absolutely. And you can learn all about numerology and all about your name and your license plate and your home address and everything that applies to you. You want to be sure you make sure you live in the right place because if you don't, it's hell. 
It's hell yeah. if you don't live in the right number. All it's right, a pleasure. You, Take it's care a pleasure. of yourself. Okay, you bye, too. sweetie. Bye. So I hope you guys were as fascinated by this interview as I was. I just think there, it's just like, you could just keep going down the rabbit hole, right? You feel like you're Alice in Wonderland learning about this stuff, or at least I do. And once again, you can find Gail Minogue on YouTube. Just search for her, Gail Minogue. You can go to gailminogue.com. And I highly, highly, highly recommend that if you want to learn more about numerology and your numerology and your loved one's numerology, pick up her book, Divine Design. And again, you can follow me on YouTube at Allison Interviews, and you can find me on Instagram at the Allison Kugel, and I will catch you guys on the next go-around. Peace. Peace.